It's me, Marmy Regine. We are now in the fourth episode. In this episode, we will discuss a little bit of how politics affects the pandemic of coronavirus. I read an article on how a researcher conducted by Wharton Management Professor Mauro Gillian, he studied the effects of government resources, economic capacity, and the type of government ruling. The title of the study, The Politics of Pandemics, Democracy, State Capacity, and Economic Inequality. Gillian's paper assessed the epidemic outbreaks since 1995 in approximately more than 140 countries. Now, three highlights of our discussion are about the type of government, the government resources, and the inequality of income by the population, which will determine how successful it is in coping effectively with a pandemic like COVID-19. He investigated if the form of government, whether it is a democratic country or an authoritarian state, has effects on how a country will recover in a pandemic. Furthermore, he investigated that the capacity of a nation in terms of its abundant resources helps a lot to cope up with a crisis of an epidemic or a pandemic. So, the resources here are the number of government programs. Programs that are available to serve the general public. Yes, basically it's the resources. So, the resources are the number of governmental programs. He refers to it more of the economic capacity of a specific country. Well, isn't it that is how the world works in reality? The rich countries who got more resources can cope better than those who are in the category of third world countries with less financial resources to consume in terms of preventive measures. Let us take the example of my mother country, the Philippines where the poor people who got less financial resources lack access to nutritious foods to boost their immune system and require access to health care. That is why they are more prone to get bacterial and viral infections. I think you will agree on that. So, let us look at the economic capacity of a country and the economic inequality among the population. Gillian's research paper states that the inequality increases the frequency and scale of an epidemic and it undermines people's compliance with the epidemic containment policies such as social distancing and complying quarantine rules because people at the low end of the socio-economic scale cannot afford to stay at home. They must go to work, right? But the stable state and the government structures could help offset most of these shortcomings. I believe that in this statement, it is similar to the stimulus check that the U.S. government gave all of us in the first wave of the pandemic. Gillian's observation was written in his paper that states, the state capacity is the bulwark against the occurrence and ill effects of crisis and emergencies, while economic inequality exacerbates them. Hmm. Now, let's look into the types of government. Gillian added in his paper, In democracies, greater transparency, accountability, and public trust reduce the frequency and lethality of epidemics, shorten response time, and enhance people's compliance. 
with public health measures. In another insight, he thinks that democracy has no effects on the likelihood and lethality of epidemics. So, from this statement, the type of government has nothing to do with an increasing number of the affected cases in the population. And in a democratic country, people have more freedom of choice and may also develop distrust by the government that they can protest the prolonged social distancing. Look at what is happening in Florida right now that several people visited the beach this summertime that led to the rise of COVID-19 cases. The disobedience of the idea on the idea of social distancing walking on the beach contributed to the increasing case fight fatalities, right? It means democracy has no way of controlling the movement of people too. Hmm. It makes me wonder if that was the reason why China, being a communist country, managed to lower the incidence of their COVID-19 cases since they are more of an authoritarian government. But then they did not also report an accurate number of case mortality in their country for they cover up the truth. Gillian continued to contradict the ironies of these different dynamics, stating, the most important result in my analysis is that you have to have the resources, the capacity, and the state structure in place to deal with these national emergencies. Countries that score higher in state capacity because they have more resourceful governments, regardless of which party is running it, have fewer of these epidemics. And if they have one, they tend to have fewer death rates and lower cases. But it happens to be the opposite case in the U.S. We are a democratic country. And people protested on the streets to force the government to reopen this summer and fall season. Hmm. The result is a continuous rise in COVID-19 cases due to lesser social distancing and most people stop wearing masks on the street. And that's bad. Because somehow the mask can reduce the viral load. Like what I mentioned in episode 2. At this point, I agree with Gillian by also writing that for the most part, it doesn't matter whether you're a democratic country or a nation run by a dictatorship of a leader. So Gillian stressed that it is the inequality which can make the consequences of all this much, much worse, especially in terms of the number of people affected. In this idea, it is a known fact that a developing country having a high degree of economic inequality means that people don't have proper nutrition or access to healthcare, and they don't have monetary savings or other financial resources. And it follows that during a pandemic, they have to continue working to feed their families and use of public transportation, so they don't observe social distancing or quarantine, or Gillian termed it, sheltering in place and therefore they become more exposed to the potential consequences of the virus. Now, Gillian's study of the pandemic led him to create this so-called term mosaic of experiences around the world. He simply means that different countries will respond to such crises in different ways based on three categories. First, 
He wants to know if the type of government regime can cause a good response or an ill response in coping with the health crisis. Hmm. By looking at the kind of government, Gillian compared the advantages of having enough resources of a country to immediately heal and deal with a health crisis and the disadvantages of having economic inequality during a state of health emergencies. Gillian points out that there is no correlation if a country is democratic for them to survive the pandemic if they do not have the resources to aid the general public. It means democracy is not correlated with the available resources of the government to help the affected population. Some countries may be ruled in a democratic regime, but they also have insufficient funds. It means that even if they are law-abiding citizens and short of government health programs, then the spread of the disease will worsen and there will be an increase in the number of diseases among the people. Therefore, the developing countries that lack resources and insufficient government health programs make the population more vulnerable to the spread of the disease. Gillian noted that a state of democracy generally helps since it's easier for government to generate trust among the population to cope with the pandemic. However, he added, if secure government resources or capabilities are absent, then it will reflect a disadvantage at a later time. For example, he mentioned that countries in Southern Europe like Spain and Italy had suffered heavily in the pandemic due to the inadequate or lack of state resources. Now, despite the fact they are democratic countries, their sense of disorganization in response to the epidemic led to the harsh consequences of increased mortality rates. Gillian added that the problem was because they don't have enough resources compared to some of the other countries in Europe, which is correct. By looking at the authoritarian type of government, Having an impoverished population is a much worse scenario since they do not have government programs to prevent the spread of the disease. Also, the increased population and the distrust of the government's dictatorship can markedly show a decline in healthy people. Second, is the speed of response of a particular government as to how they will deal with the surge of such emergency health situations. So here he means that if the government is well prepared to act with their maximum capabilities to do the damage control to the case of pandemic, to be specific, a good example here to distinguish those countries who had declared immediate lockdown and imposed a quarantine to their people in an immediate manner. It also includes the shortage of masks for the early prevention of viral spread. The USA had issues with this since most of the hospital's masks were made in China and imported from China. As a result, they quickly sought the help of some U.S. companies to manufacture the mask locally in the U.S. soil. And then finally which is the third observational study focused on how economic inequality affected other countries that made the population more prone to viral spread. In this category, they refer to compliance of the people to social distancing during the 60 days of the pandemic. Despite social distancing, some people continue to work for they needed to earn money to feed their families. 
others were not included in the government's first stimulus checks because of their immigration status in the government. As a result, those low-income class was the vulnerable group who were sick of the coronavirus. It is not exactly their fault of non-compliance or disobedience to the law. Their low socioeconomic category forced them to continue working, which placed them in a high-risk groups who became positive about the viral infection. The question here is who will take the blame? The poor economic condition or the government who failed to help them despite their immigration status? After all, isn't it that the government is created to help every country's general population? Because the people pay taxes, right friends? No, Gillian expects countries with income inequality to have reduced social distancing compliance because they would have more people who live from paycheck to paycheck who need to go to work. Gillian's research outcome was a surprise for him since he observed that democracy does not affect social distancing. Now, Gillian had thought that those measures are easier to implement in democracies where people have more trust in their governments than the government who are run by dictators. So, in the end, he found no effect between democracies and dictatorships when it came to compliance with social distancing and during quarantine period. Now, while it is true that democracy works better than dictatorships in previous crises, there are newer and different challenges with the COVID-19 pandemic. Gillian noted in his paper that dictatorships would likely respond more quickly by imposing quarantines and strict enforcement of the necessary rules to prevent the viral spread. Now, in contrast, there is a greater transparency in a democratic country which allows them to respond quickly to public health emergencies, leading to an increase in open collaboration and develop, develops that sense of trust from the public. In Gillian's research, Taiwan, Africa, and Iceland also showed low economic inequality. He also noted a high degree of economic inequality in Southern Europe than in Northern and Central Europe. It proved his finding that an increase in economic inequality leads to an epidemic outbreak which exhibits ill consequences. Gillian concluded that a high population density tends to be more prone to the epidemic and cannot control the spread of the disease. In contrast, wealthy countries cope well with the epidemics such as Japan, Singapore, and Holland, which also have a high population density. It is due to the fact that these countries exhibit strong government programs since, since they have rich resources. Furthermore, Gillian added South Korea, Taiwan, and Singapore are included in the countries of the list to cope well since they have strong government programs and possess the capacity to deal with a state of health crisis. Gillian added that the strength of their state capacity and public health programs are essential to consider than the form of government they have. 
Now, you know, being human, we have to always learn from our mistakes. Now, let's go to learning from the crisis of the past. Once we experience a crisis in the past, we become wiser when encountering health emergencies like SARS in the past. As a result, wealthy countries will prepare to have strong government programs in public health. Gillian's research shows that a semi-authoritarian countries like Malaysia or even authoritarian countries like Indonesia acted quickly. Still, due to their inconsistencies and uncertain outcomes of corruption, they also failed to control the pandemic. Remember, the global financial crisis is that happened in 2008 to 2010 had an increased impact in the high-income democracies. However, according to the research of Gillian and another study by Stanford University political science professor Larry Diamond, the democracy has survived with time and the economic growth returned immediately to several countries. Furthermore, Gillian's research implies that democracies are more effective responses to epidemics compared to dictatorships. So in a democratic country, a country's economy has an opportunity to recover after a crisis. In the absence of democracy, the country's economy may continue to slide due to corruption and government's inevitable downfall. The pandemic of 2020 arrived when there is a low consideration of globally significant issues such as the climate change. Gillian also noted that the government wants to have at least the majority of support among its people, which leads to beneficial global cooperation in these uncertain times. Right, the whole world should help one another and cooperate. And that's called international cooperation. Indeed, countries suddenly facing a pandemic cannot change their situations overnight and feel missing gaps in government resources or resilience or inequalities in their economy, in their populations. Gillian claims that the international cooperation could help overcome those shortcomings. Gillian also stated that every infectious disease outbreak is a problem for the entire world, not just for one country, right? Especially when it becomes a pandemic. So it's unfortunate that right now, yes, right now, very few countries are talking to each other. Part of this is because we came from a period of turmoil in the world, not knowing the U.S. role, for example, on having trade wars and other kinds of frictions around the world. Unfortunately, the pandemic came when global cooperation on critical issues such as climate change, as I mentioned earlier, was in the lowest level in the current situation. Now, Gillian noted that it is really unfortunate that in the case of a pandemic, it is essential that governments exchange information about the spread of the disease and what works and doesn't work to contain the spread of the virus. The World Health Organization has been trying to work on international collaborations to develop effective treatments and a vaccine for COVID-19. Finally, Gillian stated, it is unfortunate that one organization, where he is referring here, the WHO, that we have, which can help coordinate global actions during a pandemic, is under attack. The WHO is under attack 
due to their slow response time to declare the pandemic, there were several mortality rates before they considered it a worldwide pandemic. Haha, <laughs> that's true. So now, thank you friends for listening. Whether this is a political, economic, or inevitable World War III, the critical issue is how we take care of ourselves by boosting our immune system. So it's just an individual thing. Stay tuned for we will talk about pharmacology in the next episode about the vaccine and the pandemic of coronavirus. Be safe everyone. Thank you my friends. Until next time.